0: What's our theme for the year? Power to the people. And I remember last week I asked something of you all. What is the verse of our theme for the year? What verse is it? (laughs) Second Peter one and three. Does anybody know it? Yeah. I heard you back there. Sister Kitty, yeah, I heard Sister Kitty back there. I want y'all to repeat after me, all right? Repeat after me, and I want you to repeat it with feeling, all right? You ready? His divine power. His divine power. power. Not yours, not mine. His divine power. power. No, take that off the screen. Take that off the screen. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no. His divine power has given us has given who who his divine power has given us everything we need what do we have everything we need for a godly life his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life pause He didn't give you everything for a rich life. He didn't give you everything for a materialistic life. He didn't give you everything for what you think life ought to be. He gave you everything you need so that you could be like him. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him. Who called us By his own glory And goodness Let's put it all together Ready? Let's go His divine power Has given us everything we need For a godly life Through our knowledge of him Who has called us By his own glory And goodness Know it next week You know why? Because if your boss told you you had it to learn something in a week you would be fussing but you would be in that book <laughs> learning whatever it is that you had to learn so you telling me that your boss got more control over you than God his divine power has given us everything we need so watch this Choir just saying, I am who God designed me to be So what did he design you to be? Godly. And he gave it to you. Everything you need. First John chapter four. I want to start at verse number one. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world this is how you can recognize the spirit of God every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is from God but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God this is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world that's appetizer. this is the main verse you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world they are from the world, therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. You may be seated. You may be seated. Sometimes when you're studying, what will help you in your study is when you read verses in different versions. I'm going to read for you the same verses in the King James, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. Here it is, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome him, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. One more I got to read for you. Because this is what I do. When I study, I read it in different versions to get a better understanding. I want to share with you the message Bible. The message is more contemporary. My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers. Loose in the world. That's the message Bible. Here's how you test for the genuine spirit of God. Everyone who confesses openly his faith in Jesus Christ, the son of God, who came as an actual flesh and blood person, comes from God and belongs to God. And everyone who refuses to confess faith in Jesus has nothing in common with God. This is the spirit of antichrist that you heard was coming. Well, here it is. Sooner than we thought. My dear children, for the spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. These people belong to the Christ-denying world. They talk the world's language, and the world eats it up. We come from God and belong to God. Anyone who knows God understands us and listens. The person who has nothing to do with God's will, of course, not listen to us. This is another test for telling the spirit of truth from the spirit of deception. That's good enough. Father if you would now please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight God you are my strength and my Redeemer let all of God's people say Would you look at your neighbor real quick and say neighbor, neighbor. Act like you know, act like you know. <laughs> This year Lord willing in June It will be my 27th year preaching the gospel. Lady Swan and I got married in May of 1997. And in June of that same year, I preached my initial sermon. March of this year, Lord willing, Will mark 18 years that the Lord has blessed us to serve Ivy. I'm very proud of both milestones if the Lord allows us to get there. But in the course of time of preaching and teaching and sharing God's word, I have discovered that there are two theological hurdles, hurdles like you jump, right, that most people struggle to get over. And These theological hurdles, theos, again, is God. Logic, logos, is words. So theological means words or thoughts about God. I have found that there are two big hurdles that people, members face when it comes to walking with God. There's some music playing somewhere in the background. I don't know if y'all hear that or not. If y'all can turn that off, I'd appreciate it. The Lord is speaking. (laughs) The first hurdle that I have found that people struggle with when it comes to God, if you can put that slide on the screen, is the notion that God is bigger. His plan is bigger and better than anything we could imagine. I think people wrestle with that because if God wants us to come to him, then that means he has things for us that are way bigger than what we have of ourselves. And this is hard for many of us because we are used to just living life how how we've always lived and and we struggle with that, that, that God has a plan that is much greater than what I am accustomed to. So, what oftentimes happens is when God starts to reveal little snippets of that plan, most of us are afraid of it, most of us run from it, most of us hesitate toward it, because God and what He's trying to do is, is doing things that maybe We didn't sign up for maybe we didn't ask for maybe that wasn't really a part of what I thought I was coming to church for and now God presents us with something that is infinitely greater. Than what we imagine. This is what we talked about last week that God can do. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Above all. That we ask or think. That what we pray for is small compared to what God wants to do. And and we wrestle with that because most of us are so used to living life in this space that we have become comfortable in. And then when God presents himself to us with opportunities and plans and visions that are greater than our own, It's a hard hurdle to cross because I'm still seeing myself as I've always been. I'm still seeing myself based on what people have told me about myself. I'm still seeing myself based on all of the mistakes and the flaws that I have made over my life, and I cannot possibly imagine why would God want to do something so much greater in my life when I know me? This is why your mind has to change. Because you can't be, Paul said in Romans 12:2, do not be conformed to the world, but again, be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. That metamorphosis we talked about last week, caterpillar turning to a butterfly is the same illustration that Paul says is how our mind has to shift. A caterpillar is no longer the same substance or being as a butterfly. Caterpillar stayed to the ground. Butterfly could fly. It's a completely different entity. Paul is saying the same thing about your mind. It cannot still think and operate on low level and God presents himself to you, and God says, I got great plans for you, but if you're still operating in low thinking, you will never accept, nor appreciate, nor value what God is trying to do in your life. That's the first hurdle. The second hurdle that I have found that we wrestle with is this one. There has never been a time in your life that you have been more powerful than you are right now. There's never been a time in your life, if you are a child of God, that you have been more powerful in your life than right now today. And the reason why we struggle with that one is because for most of us, we are looking at the external things that have come on us. We're looking at the struggle of what it's like to be black in America. We're looking at the issues that we're dealing with in our families and our situations. We're looking at all the stuff that we sometimes feel powerless to help solve. And we look at all of that and we say, there's no way that I could be powerful right now. Yes, you are. And the reason why we wrestle with it is because we feel like most of the stuff in our life is work to earn. Y'all stay with me for a moment. Work to earn. I go to work to get a check. I do this so I can get this. And we carry that mindset into the house of God. For many of you, you came today and you're watching today because in your mind you're saying if I come to church then God's going to bless me. If I show up in the cold God's going to give me a little bit of extra grace. (laughs) If I come and sing in the choir then God hopefully is going to put a little bit more cash in my pocket. What we do is we substitute work for earn. And we bring that mindset to the church. But then our scripture reading for the year. Blows that out the water. Because with God. You don't work to earn. Maybe you didn't understand salvation. Come here Paul. Ephesians 2.8 and 10 says. For it is by Grace that you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, lest nobody should boast. If that is true, then you coming to church today does not equate to added blessing. Why? Because you already got them. So then why do I come to church? I come to church not to hope that God's going to add more blessing because the verse tells us we already got everything we need. I come to church to celebrate what the Lord has already done. And now I am here to learn how to use what he's already given me. Get out of your head with God work to earn. Because with God... He gave it to you up front. You don't earn more grace. He gave it to you. You don't earn more mercy. You got it when you popped your eyes open this morning. And for many of us, we struggle with this because all of our life we have been taught you gotta work to earn, go to school, Do something with your life so that you can get a better job and you can do all of this. You got to do this in order to get this. And we've conditioned ourselves, but then when we get saved, we don't realize that God don't work like that. God is the equivalent of, as I said before, on the first day of your job, he gives you your whole salary. And the reason why we struggle with that is because ain't no job in the world going to give you all your salary because you know you ain't going to show up after that. (laughs) So what I need y'all to understand is that this whole notion of work to earn, I come here to church so God can slide me an extra blessing later on, that ain't how this work. You are already blessed. You already got favor. You already got mercy over your head. I feel like I'm up here. You know who I feel like? I feel like the maid and the help. I gotta tell y'all some things. You is smart. You is kind. You is blessed. You is highly favored. I need, y'all to, I need y'all to speak that thing. You know why? Because for so many of us, we don't see ourselves as powerful because somebody spoke words of death over our life. We don't see ourselves as powerful because of the mistakes that we made in the past. We don't see ourselves as powerful because we keep looking at regret after regret. What I should have did, what I didn't do, what I want to do, what I can't do. And you're still looking at yourself as being powerless. And God says, would you stop please? Because when I saved you, I loved you enough that I gave you everything you need. Now, the only way you get over this hurdle is that you got to believe by faith that who you are now is not who you were. And you got to believe by faith that what you have now is not the same as what you were before. I got wealth in my spirit. I got joy in my soul. I got the anointing and the power of God over my life. Can't no devil mess with me because God has already given it to me. I got the legions of angels at my disposal because God has gifted me with his power. When you start thinking like that, When you start operating like that, then now when problems come because problems are still going to come, but you ain't going to act the same. You're not going to react the same. Why? Because you're going to say to that problem, yeah, I see you, but guess what? You don't know who my God is. You don't know what my God can do. You don't know how my God can make ways out of no way. If God can hang planets up in the sky, can not he heal your body? If God can make stars and moon all in alignment, can not he drop a check in the mail? If God can do all the great things, won't he take care of you? But we miss this because of how we think about God. Because most of us are still coming like to church like it's a job. I'm coming to check in. Let me put my time stamp in. And let me sit here hoping that God sees that I'm here And when I check out, God, I need you to bless me now because I came to church today. What I struggle with is getting you to realize that the reason why the theme for this year is power to the people is because you are more powerful than you realize. Do you know that the enemy, low-key, is scared of you? So how can the enemy still operate in your life by trying to lie to you to tell you who you're not, hoping that you will believe it? And if you believe the lie, then you can't walk in truth. And and this is where many of us are. You accepted the lie. You lived the lie. Somebody told you ain't nothing. Somebody told you ain't never going to be nothing. You're looking at yourself and you're measuring yourself based on what you're wearing and you say, I can't never be like somebody else because somebody else sure got a whole lot more stuff than me and you done convinced yourself you are lower level. Who lied to you? Because that's not what my Bible tells me. My Bible says for the scripture for this year, his divine power has given us, not just the preacher, not just the deacon, anybody that's saved, he's given us everything. So now I got to change my thought process, not just about how I think about God, but how I think about me. Because now I got to see myself different. Not I'm trying to get, I got it. Not I'm fitting to get, I got it. Not I'm walking to try to find a plan to get it. He gave it to me. And now I got to figure out how do I use what I have so that God can get glory out of my life. And remember what I told you. He didn't give you all this stuff so that you could have more stuff in your closet. He gave you this stuff so you could be like him. And if that's what you want, then church is for you. But if you came today because you want God to give you more stuff, that ain't in the Bible. Now having said that, here's what John says. John says, "Even when you come to church, Lady Swan, you better be careful. Because not everybody this is verse one. He says, uh, "Dear friends, um, you need to uh, not believe every spirit that come your way." But you need to test the spirit to see if that spirit is of God. What does it mean to test the spirit? Test the spirit here, the word is dokimai. It means that you observe it. You examine it. You look at it carefully to make sure that that spirit is lined up with what God has said And let me just pause for a moment and say this Um, As a pastor you all know that one thing you, well I hope you understand Is that I'm very protective of you all Here's what I need need y'all to understand this, okay I am very protective of your soul So let me just say this carefully One of the blessings and the curses of social media is now anybody can get on and talk about scripture. One of the blessings and the curses of this time is that now you don't have to just listen to me. You can listen to whatever preacher across the country is streaming their service and broadcasting it. Because now you can come here and then later go home and then you can watch whoever else you want as if it was a laundry list of things to do. I had one day, and I said this to some people privately, I had somebody come up to me uh, and say to me one day, and they they tried to make it seem like it was a compliment. They said, Pastor, you know what? Um, You are one of the ten preachers I listen to on Sundays. And and I said, oh, (laughs) am I supposed to say thank you to that? I don't know. But I'm raising this point to simply say this. I am not against you seeking word from other sources, but you better be careful. Because just because people got prominent ministry, Just because people can quote two, three verses, just because people look like they got a large following on social media, you still better test that spirit. You better examine the genuineness of it. Because if you don't, you can get caught up in stuff. And I'm not here to disparage or demean any of my colleagues in the ministry. But I will tell you that just like every other profession, there are good and bad apples in preachers too. And don't even get me started about people who ain't licensed, who ain't trained, who heard from God what they think that they should be saying, and now they jump on social media, and they're looking for anybody that they can find, and that one thing that they said lined up with word. But you're listening to them. So when I tell you that I am protective of your soul, This is the verse of why I say that, because you need to make sure that when you are operating with other people, the thing that you better protect more than anything else is your spirit. Because there are some, even in the house of God, that can mess up your spirit with all types of stuff and false teaching and false ways of manipulation and all kinds of stuff to throw you off their game in the name of Jesus so if you're going to do it be careful test the spirit is that spirit lining up with what God has put in my heart is that preacher going to the word and telling you line by line I know what happens at Ivy because I've talked to the pastor but I can't speak for other places Test the spirit because why? The Bible says in verse number one, there are false prophets out in the world. And they can use one verse, one half of a verse to use whatever they want to launch their opinion and take a little bit of scripture to mess you up. Here's what he said in John. He said, this is how you know the difference, verses 2 and 3. He says, this is how you know the difference between the two, those who are true and those who are false. Verse 2, he says, this is how you know every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ came down in the flesh and walked the earth for 33 years that hung on the cross and died for our sins that was in a grave for three days that rose up with all power in his hand on the third day that walked 40 days after he was resurrected that then ascended back to heaven but then gave instructions to the church when he left to go into all the nations baptizing in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even until the end of the age the one that promised that I would send you, I will not leave you comfortless, but I'm going to send you the advocate. The one that's going to be the spirit of truth that will teach you all things concerning me. The one that came in the flesh to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I didn't come to give you stuff. I came to give you a kingdom. If that is the one spirit that is you being talked about, then that one is the spirit of God. The one who is the El Shaddai, the one who is the Logos that says in John 1, in the beginning, what the word and the word was with god and the word was god and in verse 14 and the word became flesh and we dwelt among him the one who was full of grace and truth if it's that one the incarnate one uh, the one who was god wrapped up in mystery that was sent down to the earth to redeem mankind for the fallen world if that spirit is telling you that then that's how you know it is truth if that's the one that we know as yeshua which is in the old testament which means god will save us why because christ means he is the anointed one he's our messiah he's our everything he's the chosen one if the spirit of god is telling you that that's how you know that it is true that this is who he claims he is and you can trust that spirit but in verse three every spirit that does not acknowledge Yeshua, every spirit that does not believe that he is the Messiah, every spirit that does not believe that he came physically to the earth, that he walked for 33 years, that he died in a tomb, that he got up from the grave, that he walked 40 years afterwards, that 40 days afterwards, that sent the Holy Spirit, if that spirit does not acknowledge that Jesus Christ isn't just a great prophet, isn't just a great man, isn't just a great figure, wasn't just a healer, wasn't just an advocate, but he is Lord. And savior of my life if that spirit doesn't acknowledge Jesus as Lord not a great man not somebody who could do great things not just a miracle worker but he is savior and head of my life if that spirit doesn't do that then by, then John says in first John 4 and 3 that spirit is not from God and that spirit belongs to the Antichrist Now here's what you need to know about the Antichrist. The Antichrist has power too. The Antichrist can draw a following too. The Antichrist can do signs and wonders too. The Antichrist knows a little bit of word too. Come here, Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus was tempted by 40 days in the the desert, uh, in the wilderness, uh, the Bible says that Satan came to him three times. And on the second time, he said he's going to take him up all to the highest mountain and look all. He said, I'll give you all of this stuff that belongs to me. I'll give it to you if you fall down and worship me. And then he began to misquote a scripture. And Jesus looked at him and said, you must be out your mind for it is written. Right? (laughs) First of all, first of all, how can you give me something that ain't yours? Hmm. But when the Antichrist shows his power, people can be deceived. Mm -hmm. And and John says here that the Antichrist uh, is coming into the world, but he then said it is already here which means that the spirit of deception is already alive and well outside of the church and in the church. And the spirit of the Antichrist comes to try, you ready for this? To minimize your power by telling you You ain't strong enough to overcome this trial. You ain't got enough faith to overcome this trial. That uh, you don't know as many scriptures as you need to know to overcome this situation. So the Antichrist keeps speaking in your ear. Don't even think about going to the next level. You know what you're doing. You know where you've been. You know who you done mess with. You know the places that you have gone. And you start listening to that. And you start believing what the lie has been told. Half-lie. In this case, yes, I went there. In this case, yes, I used to do that. In this case, yes. I used to do those things, but I'm under the blood now. (sighs) And the Bible tells me, Digging Bell, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Don't call me no creature. All things have been passed away, and behold, all things become new. So if I'm new, then why do I still think old? You got power, that's new. Old is I'm still working to try to get it. New is you already got grace over your head. Mercy is I think I gotta come to church to get it. New is you already got favor over my life. Old is I gotta work to get something that God already gave me. The spirit of the Antichrist is already here to convince you you're not as powerful as you are. And verse four is what you should highlight. Verse four is what you should anchor down and read later because John says in verse four, he said, let me tell you something, children. He said, you are from God. And if you are from God, then you have already overcome What the enemy is trying to do in your life. Let them talk about you. But that don't mean that's who you are. Let them mistreat you. But that don't mean you got to respond to that. Let them do what they going to do. Let them keep trying to keep you in a box. And keep reminding them. They reminding you of what you used to do. And you tell them yep that was what I used to do. But this is the best part. He said. But Greater. Antichrist has come. You've already overcome him. How did I already overcome him? Because greater is he that is where? Not greater is he that is in the church. Greater is he that's in me. Which means whatever is in me is more powerful than what's out here. And this is the hurdle that we struggle with. This is the one we can't get past. Because we're so used to operating out here. Bills. Sickness. Job. Family situations. Debt. Abuse. Molestations. Issues in the home. All of that is out here. And God said, but you are of God. And greater is he. I'm trying to get y'all across this hurdle. I'm trying to get y'all across the hurdle. And it's hard. You know why? Because for years, we have been stuck right here. We've been stuck right here saying, this is as best as it's going to be. This is how it's supposed to be. I guess this is what my life is about to be. This is this is just how it is. You have convinced yourself that it can't be greater. So you're right at the hurdle and you... you but he gave you greater. And the only way you can cross this hurdle is you have to believe by faith with a changed mind that not only will God do it for somebody else, he gonna do it for me. Cause I know you've seen God do it in other people. But privately, deep down, this is what we don't want to talk about in church. Deep down, you struggle. Will you do it for me? Y'all look good over here. But I know I'm on your street. I know I'm sitting right in your kitchen. Because this is where every believer struggles. Because you know why? Because the enemy lied to you and said, You can't jump that. You can't cross that. You better stay right here. This is as best as this is going to be. So when I said power to the people, is the theme for the year? I ain't talking about blackness in America. When I said power to the people, and the word tells me that there is nothing out here that is more powerful than what's in here, (sighs) then I got to stop letting all of this out here define me. This is what I'm dealing with. This ain't who I am. This is what I got to navigate. This ain't who I am. I got to have a job in this world because a job provides income, but the money that I make and what I wear ain't who I am. Don't mistake my address for who I am. Don't mistake what the name on my car is for who I am. Don't mistake the name on my shoes or pants or whatever for who I am. I can have no name on my pants and still be of the highest order because I'm a king's kid and I'm more than a conqueror. I'm head and not the tail. He has blessed me to be greater because greater is he. And this is the hurdle that I am convinced, Lady Swann, in all the years of ministry that people struggle with. They get saved to join church hoping that God will bless them. So they join the church and become a member of the church cause, or they just visit church because you done tried everything else. I just really hope that God gonna bless me because you know what, I tried this, that didn't work and I tried this, that didn't work. So let me just try the church. Maybe the church will help me to be what it is. So I join the church and I become a member and I do some of the same stuff I was doing out there in the world, but my mind ain't changed yet. And now I'm wondering if church is doing anything for me. Because I keep coming here and ain't nothing changing. I done been here for years and it's the same old stuff. When is my life gonna change? When you see yourself for who you are, it's gonna change when you know your worth in God. It's going to change when you stop letting somebody treat you any kind of way because you know your value. When you stop settling for bad relationships because you're a king's kid. When you realize you got the power to be comfortable all by yourself. And walk in your house to a dark house with happiness than rather to go into a house dealing with somebody else that don't want to work, don't want to do, talking about me any kind of way, but I feel like I got to do that because that's what the work When is it going to change? When you start walking and what God has already done in your life. He gave you power. And it's hard for you because you're used to operating in lack. We're so consumed about what's next. And most of us come in here, and we look cool. But we're struggling with affirmation, struggling with belonging, struggling to try to figure out how I can get the next thing so I can feel value. God said enough of that mess. You got value the moment you said I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to end with this. If you don't see the power in you, Already, as a child of God. If you don't see your worth for what God has already put in you, then this year will be no different than any other year. You got it. There is something that God thought enough of you of after he left that God. Now what what kind of God does this? You already said your boss wouldn't do it. But your God thought enough of you to give you everything. Up front. No strings. No restrictions. No earning. His divine power has given us everything we need to be godly. Well, why ain't I being godly? Through our knowledge of him. Because the enemy don't want you to know him. Because knowing him is what unlocks the power that you got. So come on and sing all the songs, just don't know them. Come to church every Sunday, but don't know no word. Why do you think I care you to recite and memorize the scripture that unlocks your power? join a ministry devil don't care do you know word and it's a shame that you have people that claim to be members of a church all their life the only thing you know is Jesus wept no wonder you can't jump this because you're still listening to the lie that's been spoken over your life let this year be better let this year be greater I may have physical ailment but greater is he I might be in a financial situation greater is he I might have home situation greater is he I might have job issues greater is he than he I said in the world if you can cross this hurdle in your mind about how God thinks about you your walk with God will take off because you'll think different you'll live different you'll act different because you know you got what's in you to make it everybody stand I feel like ladies and the first month of this year is, is not to make y'all emotionally happy and celebrate this is gonna be my year I'm trying to teach you who you are recite this with me I'm powerful Say it again with feeling. I'm powerful. powerful. This ought to be your affirmation every morning when you wake up, before you start your day. I don't know what's going to happen today, but this is what I know. I'm powerful. And there is nothing that can happen today that my Lord can't get me out of. I don't know what's going to happen today but I know whatever comes is not as powerful as what I already got when you start thinking that way when you start moving that way it changes how you see yourself one more time I'm powerful Father I speak that word over our congregation today because I know and recognize that there's so many that still can't receive that Maybe because of issues of the past, broken situations, regrets, words spoken over them, for whatever reason, God. But Father, I pray that this year, that if nothing else, they would come to change their mind about how they think about who they are. God, you made us to be of worth. You made us to be of value. You made us to be so that there's nothing that comes our way that we can't get ourselves through because you are already with us. And God, I pray that you help us to walk with that this year. I pray, God, that there's a renewed confidence in ourselves, God. Yes, problems are going to come, but you said in your word, in this life there will be tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've already overcome the word. And because of that, you put greater in us to be able to move and so God I speak this word over this congregation I speak it over every person that has low self esteem I speak it over everybody that has hidden feelings of self worth and value I speak it over every person that has regret I speak it over every person God that has lived beneath what you have called for them to be I speak it God for those who are afraid of the hurdle because they just don't see themselves on the other side we bind all of that antichrist false teaching negative spirits out of this place in the name of Jesus God and I pray right now that you speak worth and value and healing to our souls not based on what we did not based on our bank account not based on our education but based on who you said we are and you called us to be great you called us to be powerful You called us to be mighty because you already gave it to us. So God, give us the courage now to start walking like you see us. That's the prayer for this year. And so God, I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for the changing of the mind. I thank you that we won't come up in here to to work-to-earn mentality that is not of you, God. You already gave us grace. You already gave us love. You already gave us mercy. You already gave us peace. You already gave us self-control. You already gave us kindness. You already gave it to us, God. So help us to manage and learn how to walk in what you already gave us in the name of Jesus. For those who do not know the Lord, that means you don't have any of this. This is the reason why you want to give your life to Christ. I will be standing here after the service is over. For those who want to join our church, this is why you join. You don't join to earn blessing. You join to learn how to operate what you already got. And that's what the purpose of the church is. And so if you want that, then come on and join us on today. Don't forget youth. Uh, choir in here singles ministry in here as well once service is over now God thank you for this time today I pray as pastor that our people will be able to overcome this hurdle that God you have bigger and better for us and that your plan is better for us and that God we are more powerful today right now than we've ever been in our life. I pray that they receive that on today. Let that seed hit their heart today and let it take root in their soul Lord so they can change the way they see themselves and when they look in the mirror they see greatness and they see power and they see anointing because that's what you call them to be. Now God may your grace, peace and power keep and sustain us all in Jesus name let everybody say Amen God bless you love you in Jesus name have a great week